0: Good morning, today's <coughs> Daph and Babakam, Mem Zion. We're going to be starting uh, this morning on Mem Vav and we are halfway down in the Amud. Uh, truth of the matter is not even, not even that far down. Uh, we just got finished with Ebreisa, and we're starting with Amar Eveshmo Bar Nachmeni, Minayim. So if you could find us, we're about a third of the way down in the Amud. Uh, let's recap. We started yesterday the fifth parak of the Misahta and the first sugya, the first Mishnah, the fifth parak is talking about Mamam Amut HaBosafik. I have a doubt. The case of the Mishnah, classic case. Uh, my animal did damage, and my animal was pregnant. There are two. There are flip cases in the Mishnah, uh, where my animal was the one that did the damage, or my animal was the one that was damaged. I'll go in the order of the Mishnah. Okay, Shor shenagah So the first case of the Mishnah is that a Shor went ahead and, uh, and, and and damaged the para. Para obviously being the pregnant one. The para is a female. Okay, good. And the uh, and the para was now uh, clearly damaged, and also suffered a miscarriage. Now, what the Aitam are able to tell us is is that certainly the short did damage to the para that we know definitively. Now, there is a there there is a miscarriage alongside the para. We do not know whether or not that was as a result of the damage or not. In other words, the miscarriage could have simply have happened before the uh, before the damage, or it could have happened afterwards. We don't know. It is mamon hamuta basafik, meaning we don't know if the owner of the para is entitled to any kind of compensation for that loss. It's simple. The parah, obviously, entitled to compensation. The miscarriage, the, the fetus on the side, we don't know if he's entitled. So this is what's called mamana So what do we do? So the halacha is, is that we don't do anything, meaning that we don't know whether or not the mazik owes his money. And the rule is hamotim lavaraya. In short order, that's the conclusion. That's the din. However, the Mishnah doesn't say that. The Mishnah taught us that the the, the, the value of that fetus were going to be divided between the Mazak and the Nizak. Why? Because it's Mamma Namutaba and our Mishnah subscribes to the viewpoint of Sumchus of Mamma okay. Namutaba The Mishnah also gives the opposite case where the parah was the one that inflicted damage on the uh, on the uh, on, on the shore. Okay. And the uh and, and the para also miscarried. And we don't know whether or not that was before or after the Nezik actually occurred. And can the the fetus become a source of revenue for the damages? Meaning if the fetus was inside at the time, so then the fetus is gufo and therefore a source of revenue. If the fetus was outside beforehand, so obviously the fetus cannot be a source of revenue to pay for the damages. Once again, it's the same halakha. In other words, that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says this is mamun Basafik, and therefore <coughs> chokin. Good. That's the, uh, that, that's the, uh, that, that's the basic issue which we're covering. Uh, the first, first thing we're going to be covering today, we're going to be doing quickly, because it's relatively easy. Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, picking up where we left off yesterday. So, what is the source of this din? Meaning, find me the source in the Torah of Hamotim so the Gemara starts off, dvarim Yigash Alehem. So uh, Moshe is about to go up and, and ascend for a week. And he tells everybody, okay, if anyone has a din, what are they gonna do? So they'll go. In other words, I got I've got excellent replacements while while I'm up in Shemaim. So Mi dvarim Yigash Alehem. So uh, so yigash raya alehem. And the word yigash means to approach, but in this context it means that what are you approaching? Obviously, you're approaching, but in other words, if you have any claim. If there is any litigation, so what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to bring proof. Okay, that's the source according to Rosh Hashanah Baruch Hashem. And 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 uh, and Ravashi dismisses this out of hand. He says, I don't need a pasuk to tell me how much to In other words, it's a logical argument. Okay, you can count on your hand. Now I don't I don't remember whether or not you need one or two hands, but it is a limited occasion in Shas where the Gemara just simply says, don't bother with the source. Meaning it's just simply, it's intuitive. It's self-evident. In, in this case, by the way, I mean that with pun intended. In other words, in order to extract money from somebody, I need evidence. Okay, And, and, and I don't need a Pusuk for that. And, and, and over here, he says it by way of analogy. If you are in pain and you go to the doctor, so what are you going to do? So you're not just simply going to go to the doctor and say, I'm in pain. Uh, but what you're going to do is you're going to specify, right? Here's the problem. Here's what happened, right? It hurts over here. So so you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't identify anything without first giving specific details. So over here, I'm telling you, you owe me money. Okay, that's great. You owe me money. That's great. Uh, why? <laughs> Meaning, what, what argument do you have that I have to take now money out of my pocket and give it to you? So I don't need a pasuk. I don't need a drasha. It's intuitive. It's self evident. So And as far as the Pasik is concerned, the is telling us a different din altogether. Not altogether, but it's telling us a different din. And that is, is that let's say you have a, a, a lawsuit and a counter lawsuit. Right, Rechmanas, uh, it happens. Right, you're suing me. I got, I got news for you. Right, I'm going to sue you. Meaning, you think I, you think I was wrong. I think you're wrong. So, in other words, so you have now a lawsuit, account, a counter lawsuit. So, uh, so who do you who do you deal with first? Meaning, who? Meaning, speaking to the baisdin, which case do you do you have to uh, adjudicate first? And and that is order of operations. You go with the first case first, and then afterwards the counter lawsuit. Then you deal with that after. Okay. In other words, that's. The, that's what we're learning out from the Pasuk. Yigash Aleim is coming to tell me that I have to go in the order in which the suits are presented. Right? If Ruvein is the first one who sued, so then you're going to deal with Ruvein's lawsuit. I, Shimon, countersued. <coughs> Shimon only, Shimon's case you deal with second. Good. Amre. Now, uh, now um, Nahadai points out, the Yeshiva of Nahadai points out, that there are going to be an exception to this. In other words, yes, the general rule is, is that in terms of lawsuits, Ruven's first, Shimon's second. You deal with Ruven first, then you deal with Shimon's second. But what if it's a depreciating asset? In other words, what if Shimon's case deals with something where, if not, if not dealt with in a timely fashion, it's going to significantly depreciate, and all he's going to do is lose because, in other words, he's second in line. So then you have to take that into consideration, and then you're going to deal with Shimon first and then Ruven afterwards. Okay, fine. Based in halachah is important. Based in halachah but tangential to our discussion over here. Let's continue. The Parsha Nachas Okay. So uh, Parsha Nachas Ashur. Uh, let's review what we saw in our Mishnah. Okay, here if you love numbers, you're going to love this next Gemara. Now, what if you don't love numbers? Okay, so just hold on for dear life. Okay, but it, it, it's really not that hard. The math is not that hard. The um, the, the second case of our Mishnah is where you had a pregnant para who went and assaulted shore. And and what happened was, is that the pregnant para, again, the witnesses told us of the assault. That part we know for sure. So there was a Nezik that occurred. That part's clear. But what's not clear is whether or not uh, the baby was delivered or aborted, either way, uh, before or after the Nezik. Witnesses couldn't provide that information. And so therefore... Are we going to be able to collect? Is the nizak able to collect from the fetus? So again, the halach is no. But the uh, but according to Simchas, you're able to collect from the fetus. I, we don't know if the fetus was there or not. So therefore, it's a So therefore, you collect half. Uh, right, a half from the fetus. Now remember, this is a tam. So that means everything is going to get halved because it's chazi So in other words, so from the mother, you're going to be collecting a half. And what did the Mishnah say? And from the fetus, you're going to be collecting a quarter. Now, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so so now what ha- what's happening is the following, is that if you're just reading the Mishnah, so the way it sounds like now is that the nizak is able to collect half from the mother and a, ha- and, and a quarter from the fetus. Wait one second. A half and a quarter? A half and a quarter now allows the nizak to collect three quarters. Now again, this is Tom. All he's entitled to is Chatzinezek. So over here, what he's going to be doing, he's going to be collecting now, Three quarters, that's one quarter above what he's entitled to receive. So, the Gemara is going to ask exactly this question. So, <laughs> Chatsi... Wait, hold it, hold it, hold it. We, there's, wait, wait, wait. Let's, just, let's see the way the Gemara presents it. Okay, I know th- there are going to be solutions, but let's just go nice in order. So, the, uh, so the Gemara says, Chatsi, a Ruvian, Nezek Paganizka, Hu Dabai Shlomei, Kuli Nizka, Nechi Riva Ma'yavidateh. So the Gemara says, "I don't understand. Nezek is only entitled to half, and meanwhile, you're awarding him three quarters. That, what, 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 that's not the din." Meaning, even in Sumchus's presentation, it sounds like he's getting more than he is entitled to. So the Gemara is going to provide two basic approaches to this: Abay and Rava, and each one of them is going to require a little bit of thinking. We're going to go start off obviously with Abay. I'm our Abay Chati Nezek uh, Echad Me Arba Nezek, and Ravi Nezek. Okay. Approach number one is going to be that of a buy-in. and is the following. When you saw in the mission of the word half, what you really are, to, are meant to understand is that half is half of what he owes. What does he owe? nezek. So what's half of half? A quarter. In other words, he's going to be receiving a quarter from the Baal para. Now, I kind of already gave some of it away. He's going to be receiving a quarter from the para. Now, what is he entitled to receive from the from the ubar, from the fetus. Now remember, it's sumchus, which means that sumchus holds basafek chokin, so it's going to get divided. Now, what is he entitled to receive from the ubar? So because it's basafek, so half. When the Mishnah said, and what you're going to do is that you're going to receive a quarter of that, meaning it's a quarter of the half, which means it's an eighth. So now, what is the Nizak going to be receiving? A quarter from the from the mother and an eighth from the ubar. Okay, now a quarter and an eighth. Okay, you're holding a quarter and an eighth is three eighths. Now the gemara says now the gemara is going to in a moment just wake up to the fact that wait one second. Uh, mo- moments earlier we said he was collecting too much. He was collecting three quarters, and now he's only collecting three eighths. That's too little. Meaning over here. It is a a creative way of explaining the Mishnah, but the numbers don't work out. The Gemara makes exactly this point. So the Gemara says, now, now wait one second. If the para and the fetus are owned by two, I'm sorry, by, owned by one person, so the Nizak is just going to look at him and say, just hold on. <laughs> Your animal damaged my animal. It's a tom, oh, you only have pay me chatzinezik. But you know what you're going to pay me. You're going to pay me And don't, figure, don't, don't worry about the math. Right? In other words, from the para, I'm only going to get a quarter. In other words, you're the owner of everything. You owe me chatzinezik. You're going to pay me So if, if, if the case is where there's one owner to the para and the ubar, then obviously there's nothing to talk about. So when, when are we going to have a discussion? So we're talking about where the para is owned by one person the vlad is owned by another person. Okay, now can you do that? By the way, Kenny, can, can somebody else own the vlad? Can someone buy the vlad? Okay, right now, let's say yes. Okay, and I know it's not as easy that easy to write to say to say yes. Okay, generally speaking, you cannot make a kinyan on a davish law ba la olam. Okay, I, I thought of it as well. It don't matter for our purposes right now. Let's just blindly go forward and say that you can have two owners of it. Ah, so you have one owner of the par and one owner of the uber Okay, now. The the para did damage. So far, so good. So what am I looking at right now? So I, the Nizak, am looking to collect from partners. Ah. I'm looking to collect from partners, meaning it is not a sole propriety that has done damage to me. I now have to be collecting from uh, a person who owns share and another person who also owns shares. Okay. Now, here's the story. The story is as follows, is that I go to the owner of the para and say, hey, you know what? You owe me. Okay, great. I am. Now, my numbers over here are going to be a little bit funny, but it doesn't matter. In other words, just to make the basic point, I'm going to pre- present some funny money, some funny funny numbers. So to the owner of the parra, I say to him, hey, you owe me. The, the owner of the parra says, okay, great. You know what? I do owe you. But remember, however, I'm only a partner in this entity that did damage to you. So let's say I'm a 50% owner. Okay, good. So now what am I responsible for? Well, I'm not responsible for 50% of the damages because it's a Tom. I'm going to be responsible for half of that. Good. So I'll give you a quarter. Now I go over to the owner of the Uber and I say, okay, you're going to pay me. So the owner of the Uber says, wait one second. In other words, first of all, I only own 50%. Okay. That's number one. Number two, it's a Tom. So you're going to knock it in half. And number three, it's a self We don't even know if my shares did damage to you because again, the baby may have came out before the damage occurred. So in other words, I get to knock it in half and I get to knock it in half again. Otherwise known as dropping it down now to an eighth of it. That's going to be the explanation <coughs> of the Mishnah according to Abayi. McCreen, the owner of the Uber is a Mizak as opposed to a Mazak? The, the own. in other words, this, the Gemara right now is going on the second case of the Mishnah where the power is the one who did the damage. Okay, okay. okay good. Fine not about about the future offspring? About the future offspring and who gets what, and they made a deal with them, right? Okay, but in other words, over here it's it's not it's again it's complicated because the power did the damage and the uber may have done the damage. We don't know. Okay, so now the, the, uber, is the uber the uber right. So now the owner of the uber it's a, it's a secondary owner, right? He's a partner. So the owner of the Uber is responsible. So again, according to some yes. but in other words, he's only a fifty percent shareholder. <coughs> On top of that, it's a Tom. Drop that down now to twenty five percent. On top of that, it's a Safek. So drop it down another half, twelve and a half percent, an eighth. Okay, that is how Abaye understands the Mishnah. Now, so it comes out to three eighths. It comes that's out to three eighths. Okay, eight. that, that's exactly the point. Yeah, that's, that's perfect, that's perfect, Mamish. That's yeah. the, that's the point. You got it. Now, it happens to be that, Tostas over here points out, you can see Tostas inside, the Raviyah Nezek, Echad Mishmona B'Nezek. Anyway, uh, it, it's obviously, the numbers that I gave are are only educational, meaning that when you have a para and an ubar, there are not 50-50 owners in the animal. Obviously, the para is going to be re- representing a significantly greater pro- proportion of the animal than that of the ubar. Right, the 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 para is eighty percent, ninety percent. Okay, and and, and, and we'll, you could you could do this by weight, you could do this by uh, by value, whatever. Tosas points out over here, all this is just is just a a a, a mushel. It's just a simon, It just basically gets the discussion going. Once you actually crunch numbers, so the first thing you have to do is establish what how many shares do you have. In, in, in it and how many shares do you have in it? And then what you do is then you do the math of, well you only owe half of that and you owe a quarter of that, Okay. Now the Gemara makes this even more complicated than it already is. Now uh, just finishing up a bias thought. So, uh, so Ella, I'm sorry, (coughs) right? Now, um, in this, in this scenario where there are now partners that I have to go after. And, and again, the owner of the para for sure is a partner. The owner of the Uber, well, he's a partner, but he, we don't know if he's a responsible party. Because again, the Uber may have come out before the Nezik. So if I went to the owner of the para first and I said, hey, pay me. So the Gemara is arguing right now you're going to be able to collect the full Chatzinezek. Because your argument right now to the owner of the para is, are you, are you sure there's anyone else that is going to be a responsible party? Meaning the owner of the Uber is going to say, uh, leave me out of this. Yeah, the, Uber was... the Uber came out beforehand. Yeah. So now, the, the case of Abay is talking about where he first went to the owner of the Uber, and he, and, he, and he first laid claim against him. Igadami the Gemara, now has another, another version, which really doesn't matter which one he goes to first. So, Mei de Yadei, should Islei. In the second version of the Gemara, even if I went to the Balpara first, I still am only going to be collecting of his shares. In other words, because what the Balpara can say to me in the second version is, look, I'm only but a partner. In other words I will pay you but only my share of the animal that did damage you want you you want the you want the balance go to the other partner the owner of the U-bar I the owner of the U-bar is not going to have to pay as much as I am because again the owner of the U-bar is not only a shareholder but it's a suffix whether he owes you money and you're only going to be able to collect half of, from him okay so be it but in other words but I'm only paying my share I'm not paying the other person's share yeah, but he has a bigger share in uh, noted. Uh, noted. No, noted. Noted. Tosus makes that point. It's very, it's very well noted, but the, but the point is, however, is that I can only collect from each partner r- relative to the amount of shares they have in the animal, and no greater than that. Okay. So far, we have offered one shot on our mission. Again, let's reset. Our Mishnah says that the ability of the nizak, again, the, the owner of the Pyro is the one that did the damage. The owner of the shore is the one that was damaged. The owner of the shore now is going to be able to collect. How much is he able to collect? So, what did the Mishnah say? A half plus a quarter. A half plus a quarter is three quarters. And the problem is, is that he's only entitled to half. How is he collecting three quarters? So, right now we went through a bias approach, and the bias approach is he didn't understand the Mishnah correctly. The Mishnah, when the Mishnah said half, it meant half of half, and when the Mishnah said a quarter, it meant a quarter of a half. Good. So the uh, that is that is a bias understanding of the Mishnah, which means now that he's only going to be collecting three eighths, but. 38%. Right? but if you're following if you're following well, you understand that it works out. In this particular case it works out. But again, when I say this particular case, it's complicated. Meaning that basically there are there are two owners, one owner of the parum and the other owner of the Vlad, and the, each one of them is saying, "Look, I'm going to be paying you but only as per my shares." And the owner of the Vlad will tell you the reason why I'm not going to be paying you the full amount is because it's a suffix whether I have to pay you at all. And again, all this is an in, in explanation of the Mishnah, which is according, which is going according to Simchus which is not the accepted halacha. Okay, all that was a lot. I have to admit. Okay, if you're following, great. And if not, just go back, play it again. Basically, it's it, it's a lot. The music is not going to get half of the damage. That's a, that's absolutely accurate. In this, in, 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 in right, fair. correct. It's not fair. That's also that's also correct. But again, in other words, using the the using the principles that we laid out, it it, it works out. So Rava says to Abai, look, what you did is creative, but it's not faithful to the words of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, nezek. The Mishnah says, nezek. And now you're going and you're playing around with the numbers, but that's not faithful to the Mishnah. And the words of the Mishnah, The para and the Vlad belong to one. And, and this is how to interpret the Mishnah. Okay. And the says, I'll give you a very simple pshat in the Mishnah, and it works out great. Now again, remember, the Mishnah is going like Simchus, Okay. You've got to keep putting a reminder out there. So the Mishnah is going like Simchas. Here's the, here's the shot in the Mishnah. If there's a Para, meaning the Para is available, and I can recoup from the Para, so what am I entitled to? Chatsi Nezik. If para is a Tom, first time or second time it did damage. I'm able to collect nezek. The para is more than enough value-wise where I'm able to collect Khazinezik. That that part's easy. But let's say the para is not around. Okay? The para is lost. Okay. So now only thing I have left to collect is now from the Vlad. Ah. So from the Vlad, what am I going to be able to collect? Only a quarter. Uh, why? Because again. Because I'm only entitled to begin with is Chatzinezek. And now, did the Vlad do the damage? The answer is? Suffolk. suffolk. We don't know. And Mamun Amutabah Suffolk, what do we do? Chokin. So now from the Vlad, I'm able to collect, but I'm only co- able to collect a quarter from the Vlad. Because, I. Right, so why not collect from the Par? We don't know where the Par is. That's the shot in the Mishnah. So So the gemara now makes an outstanding point, which is, why are we tiptoeing around the vlad because we don't know if the Vlad was involved in the Nezik, but let's say we knew. let's say we knew. So in other words, the witnesses now tell us that the part did damage, and not only that, the paro par was pregnant. And even though the vlad came out, the witnesses now are giving us information that the, that the vlad only came out after the nezik was done. So what we are now saying is, is that according to Rava, absolutely, the niza can come and collect either by the paro or by the vlad. And if all I have is just but the <coughs> vlad, the niza can collect up to full chazi nezik from the vlad. Not to, the value, huh? not to exceed the value. Not to exceed the value. Not to exceed the value, but in, in other words, full chatinazik from the Vlad. Why? Mishalim Kule. So Khatinazik from the Vlad. Ravlatame. And the Gemara says, now this is Rav just being consistent with what he normally holds. Parshi Vlada Gufa he. Because the Vlad is part and parcel of the mother. Now the Gemara in other places uses the following terminology Ubar Yerech imo. That what is a fetus? A fetus is an appendage to the mother. In other words, while the fetus is inside, and that's very the very definition of the fetus, while the fetus is inside, it is part and parcel of the mother. It is considered a limb of the mother. Now, it's considered a limb of the mother, obviously, with a prognosis that it will detach. Okay, But we're not talking about after it detaches. We're talking about while inside. While inside is part and parcel of the mother. Rava over here in Agamara effectively making that very point. It's Gufahi. It's part and parcel of the mother. And as a result of that, now, you are the Nizak. You're coming to collect you know the fetus was inside at the time of Nezek. So now what you're entitled to do is you're allowed to collect everything from the fetus. Meaning for whatever reason, the part is no longer available for whatever happened and all that's left is the fetus. If I knew definitively that the fetus was there, so now I can make full collection from the fetus. Now, uh, let's contrast for a moment and I'll come back and I'll comment. So, and, and contrast that to Tarnagolus, Tarnagolus, inogov Tarnagolus, 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 my time up here Let's say the tarnagolas does damage, and let's say it's a tom. And now I'm coming to collect from the goof of the tarnagol, or in this case, tarnagolas. It's a female. So now what can't, what can't I collect from? The egg that was inside of her. <laughs> the egg that is inside of her is not considered chelek, part and the parcel of the, uh, of the chicken. I can only collect from the chicken, but not from the egg. Interesting over here. Feet is relative to the animal. That's considered goofa egg relative to the chicken that is not considered gufa. The Gemara's language is, is in fact striking. The Gemara says, ba'alma. Now, the word pirsha elsewhere usually means excrement, waste. Over here, obviously, we're talking about an egg. It just simply means, in this context, it means it's separate from the chicken. It's not part and parcel of the chicken. Only if it has shells. Um, right. There is that, there, fair. Fair. There's that, there is that discussion. I, I saw in the notes. Right, some Rishonim of the position that it's still Meur of If it's still right, right if it's still connective, there's if there's connect a connection between them. Maybe, maybe you would argue differently. The Gemara doesn't make that point clear, but uh, I, I right? The the Rishonim discuss that. Okay, um, fascinating Gemara that we just covered over here. You don't understand that? You when it's in the formation of the shell, like when it's created, meaning? And, well, let, let, that's already it's already next level. Let, let's just let's just stick with stick with the Gemara's simple point. Okay, and, and, and keep it simple. And that is is that when the egg is inside, let's say the egg is, is finished, completed, the egg is still, uh, considered not part and parcel mm-hmm. of the chicken. That, that's the takeaway point. It's easy. That's that's the contrast between the egg versus the fetus. You could eat it with yeah, yeah, okay, good. Very good. Okay, now, um, our Gemara just had a really a, a really instrumental discussion, an educational discussion regarding the uh, the nature of the fetus while it's inside of the mother. In other words, what the Gemara effectively told us is Ubar Yerichimo. It just happens to be that the Gemara didn't use the words Ubar Yerichimo. Our Gemara said Gufahi. Is Gufahi synonymous with Ubar Yerichimo? Why is that important? Because we know that throughout Shas, the Gemara deliberates this very point. Meaning Ubar Yerichimo is only but one opinion. There are two schools of thought throughout the Gemara, which is Ubar Yerichimo or Ubar Lav Yerichimo. And is our Gemara, and specifically Rava, effectively saying I'm on team Ubar Yerichimo? In other words, and if that's true, it would certainly sound like that. In fact, is is the halacha that Ubar Yerich Imo. And 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 if I and if we can, we could just further just and, and tease this point, and which is why didn't our Gemara, after establishing that the fetus is Gufa, why didn't the Gemara now introduce the discussion of? Well, uber yerichimo, uber lav yerichimo. Meaning, isn't our gemara over here proof positive that uber yerichimo? And 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 is there a way? Is there any way to navigate and say that generally I hold uber lav yerichimo and still could learn our gemara over here? That is a lengthy discussion. I'm I'm just I'm just highlighting. That's a lengthy discussion. The first place you would look to is the second toos in our Amud. My time ago, he discusses this very question of. Is our Gemara informing us about Uber Yerich It happens to be Tosis' opinion. He says it over here. He also says it in Chulun as well. Tosos says, slam dunk. Meaning our Gemara over here is in fact educating us and telling us, Uber Yerich Emo. Okay. I'm, I'm obviously all I'm doing is just summarizing. You gotta you gotta see <coughs> the Tos inside, obviously. Uh, but in other words, our Tosas of the position that it's there's nothing there's nothing to talk about. The uh, there are a host of other rishonim, okay, got, got to go, go through some of them uh, this morning who disagree with Tosos or, or of the position uber lav and somehow is able to learn Agamara. again beyond the scope of the daf. I'm going to move on, but just it's a great discussion. And and, and second Tosos is where you're going to start start it off. We continue. Amarava. Now, uh, a little bit of appraisal talk, shall we? Okay. Uh, there is assessments that need to be done, both in terms of assessing how much damage was done or how much is the animal worth. So now when I collect from it, I'm going to be able to collect, you know, uh, what, what, what is fully due to me. So now the Gemara says that here's what we're not going to do. In other words, when assessing <coughs> the, uh, the, the para where, and, and the vlad, we're not going to appraise them separately, one from the other. But what we're going to do is, is that we're going to appraise how much the animal was valued pregnant versus how much the anim- animal is going to be valued no longer being pregnant. And all we're going to do in terms of assessing the vlad is just the difference between those two, uh, those two appraisals. As opposed to the vlad independent of its mother. Now, im Now, Because if I don't do that, what I'm going to end up doing now is I'm going to be hurting the mazik. Now, that's a funny sentence. I hope you appreciate that. In other words, hurting the mazik, the mazik is the one who did the damage. Now, in this particular case, it's not he who did the damage. It's his animal that did the damage. But so what? He's liable and responsible for damages done by his animal. He has an obligation to be shomer. And over here, the Gemara is all of a sudden getting all protective of the mazik. You know, if we do an assessment of mother and fetus separately. So that's going to raise the price. And now poor Mazik, poor Mazik is not going to have to pay more. That's effectively what the Gemara is saying. But the Gemara says, And oh, by the way, whenever you're causing loss, this is the formula you're going to use. In other words, let's say you cut off the hand of an avid. Let's say you do damage to a person's property. What you're not going to do in terms of assessment of damage is you're not going to figure out. Oh, let's let's appraise the evid and, let, and let's appraise the hand by itself. No. In other words, what you do is is that you assess how much the evit was valued with hand, how much the uh, the evit is valued without hand. In other words, then the difference is what you're going to be paying. In other words, you're always going to be using this formula to assess damages. That means now that the nezik, the, the 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 bottom line, the bottom line number is going to be less. but good. Good for the mazik. So to which the Gemara says, The Gemara says, Wait one second. When did all of a sudden we became so sympathetic to the mazik? Right? In other words, we don't want him to pay that much. Meaning, the Gemara asks the question, which hopefully everyone's wondering, which is, if that's how much he owes, so then that's how much he owes. And and don't worry about the mazik. Oh, that might be a lot. So the Gemara says, Mishum, so, uh, so uh, to which, uh, in other words, effectively, this is what the Gemara is saying, is that, no, we're not, we're not going outside of Din. This is perfectly within Din. This is the Din. Meaning that what the masik will say is, look, I did damage. I have to pay. But what did I damage? I damaged a pregnant cow. In other words, I understand that as a result of the damage, so now fetus is lost. And I understand that if I were to assess the fetus independently, it would come out to a larger number. I get it. But that's not the damage. The damage was done to a pregnant cow, meaning and now the cow is no longer pregnant. So in terms of assessing damage, what we're going to do is take the value of the pregnant cow, deduct from that now the value of the cow no longer being pregnant. The difference between those two is what I owe you, and that's all I owe you. Meaning it's not, even though the Gemara originally presented it as, oh, a, a poor poor mazik, right, uh, ne- ne- nebuch. N- in other words, I understand that's how we originally presented it, but that's not accurate. In other words, the truth of the matter is, this is within the din, this is a din. Okay. And and one more point before we start with the next Mishnah. Pshita. dechad uh, v'lad dechad. So let's say Par is owned by one, v'lad is owned by somebody else. Again, two different people, one owning the par, the other one owning the v'lad. And the, um, and, and pitma. So, who is going to be the owner of the uh, of the pitman? Okay, uh, a female is pregnant. It's true by animals. It's true by humans as well. So obviously now there is gained weight. Okay, by humans it's a sensitive topic. By animals less so. So we, we can stick with animals and <laughs> keep it and keep it nice and you know, and we don't we don't have to be indelicate. Okay, good. So now the animal got fatter. So the uh, so in other words, that's that's what happens. And now uh, if the if the if the par is owned by one person and the is owned by the other, who's the owner of that extra weight? It's a good question. Who's paying
1: for the food? Huh? The extra food. Who's ah,
0: for so okay, fine. So, so you'll be happy with the commercial conclusion. So Pitma, the Balpara. So now that extra weight is going to be owned by the Balpara. The Balpara gets to, is, is is the owner of that extra weight. And now we're saying that in general, and then obviously in our discussion, it will, then will become uh, instructive in terms of, well, you know, if, if the Parra is the one who did the damage, so now that... That extra weight is going to belong to the owner, which means that that part becomes part of his chatzinezek percentage that he needs to pay. V'chule v'chule. Now, Napcha. Okay, Napcha. I have to admit, it's not going to be easy for me to explain because I don't fully understand it. But that doesn't matter. I'm going to use a word and I may be right. Volume. Now, who owns the extra volume of the animal? Now, what's the difference between volume versus weight? This is where I'm a little bit stuck, I have to admit. No, volume has you to get do a price. It's larger. Volume is a is a different is a three-dimensional thing, we raised it just a mass. Okay, good. Good. Okay. Volume. Who own, who is the owner of the volume? In other words, again pregnant animal, the animal now is larger in volume. Navcha. So my Rapap Amar and de Dravika Amar Chokin. So the Gemara says on this excess volume now. Because the animal now is pregnant, so and again, one owns the para, the other owns the other owns the vlad, so that extra volume machlok is whether it either belongs to the para or it belongs to both, and the gemara says chokin that extra volume is going to be split. A note because it, I mean, that's the word ah, I like that. I like that. That's good. That's that's good. Okay, because that, that's concrete. Okay. When I said volume, I had no idea what I was talking about. That was excellent. Just in case uh, the uh, d- that did not make it into the recording, who, who's the quote? Just uh, I mean, a, a quote to the Okay, good. So, uh, so, uh, so uh, cre- credit to the Miiri. Miiri says that when we're talking about volume, we're talking about the hide. Oh, I like that. The hide of the hide of, the hide of the no, the expanded hide of the mother. Now, because of the vlad. Uh, yeah. Who is, who? How about the feeding the animals? You have to feed it more because of the Uber. So you know, somebody has to share. Somebody has to pay. It. I don't know how that arrangement works in terms of in terms of feeding. It's an excellent question. I don't know. When you take the farad, it goes back to the regular size. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. I'm sure that's part part of the argument of the Gemara. We continue. Okay. So we just covered the first mission and the first sugya of of the fifth parak of and effectively, what did we just learn together? A lot of things in today's daf. Wow! Beginning of the beginning of today's daf. The end of the first sugya. Uh, a lot of consideration. Again, remember, it was most of it had to do with touching up our mishnah. But our mishnah is following simchus. So I understand, and I try to make this clear that it is a it's a fascinating discussion. But a lot of it is not halach lemaisa because it's explaining our mishnah. Our mishnah is going like simchus. However, the halach is. However, with that stated, there are a lot of discussions that we just had at the tail end of the sugya that is halach la How to view the vlad inside of the mother? Is it part and parcel of the mother? Argamar's conclusion is clearly yes. Unequivocally, Argamar said yes. It's part and parcel of the mother. And that means is that, let's say the power does damage while it's pregnant. So now, can I collect. Payment from the fetus? Yes, the answer is yes, and that's not relevant to whether we possibly like simchus or whether we possibly like the Chachaman. And then the the last discussion that we just had in the gemara is is that when the animal is pregnant, there's going to be more. There's going to be more fat in the animal. There's going to be more volume, which now I can I can say hide. So the uh, so who's the owner of that? So by by the fat, the owner the, the, the owner of that extra fat is the balpara. The, the, the owner of the extra hide chokin. That's to be divided. Okay. Um, we are now starting the second Mishnah of the fifth parak of Babakama. And really, the fifth parak of Babakama is going to be treating us to the topic of boar, a pit that you created, and the liability of the pit that's created. As we move on, not today, but as we move on in Mishnayos, you're going to see we're going to be dealing with very basic boar questions. Over here, it is a bit of a boar discussion, but a boar on my property. Okay, uh, myself, and I know I sound like re- really, re- really fancy when I tell you that I have a pool. But again, for everyone living here, like everyone's going to shrug their shoulders. In other words, you live in South Florida, great, you have a pool, right? <laughs> not, not everybody, but lots of people have pools. That's not a big deal. The, um, but in other words, but what do I have really? I have a pit in my backyard, okay? Happens to me that's filled with water, <laughs> Okay, so okay, good. So now I'm not talking about American law, and I know there are people in this room that could speak to it. So, but in other words, but someone comes onto my property and falls into my pool and 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 damage, and God forbid, worse than were to occur. So, do I have liability? So again, put put the American law aside because we're not learning that right now. We're learning Torah. So what now? What is the halacha? So that's what we're going to be learning in our Mishnah. Okay. So obviously, practical relevance over here, very practical, but. Keep in mind that, you know, in other words, we live in America. And in other words, we're going to be governed by American law. So everything we're saying is Torah. And this would be the case had we been governed by Torah law. But okay. So, uh, So I have a potter that's going into the uh, into somebody's property. And Shalom uninvited. Now, uninvited over here, I have to admit... Not super clear. Meaning, uninvited just simply means I extend an invitation, or uninvited means I told you, hey, don't don't come onto my property. Yeah, so, no trespassing. Right? No, right? No trespassing. So the the in, in other words, even as we start with the Mishnah, it's not perfectly clear when it says shalav Does that mean that there's a sign saying don't come on, or is that the default setting? In other words, the default setting is it's my property. Hey, don't come on my property. And now. Uh, what happens is is that my animals on my property went down and damaged your, your your pots that you unlawfully brought, brought onto my property. so Potter, mm-hmm. so I don't have to pay for the damages. I didn't tell you to come onto my property. I didn't tell you to bring your pots onto my property and 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 the uh, and let's take this even one step further. Uh, let's say my uh, you you dropped your pots uninvited onto my property and my animals hurt themselves on those pots. you have to pay for the damage to my animals, okay intuitive. Now, the b'al shows Now, let's say I invite him onto my property. So I tell the, the owner of the pots, go ahead, come onto my property, bring your pots onto the onto my property. So now, Balachatzuchhayev, once I invite him onto my property, I'm effectively saying and I'm taking responsibility. And so therefore, if any if any damages occurs, I'm going to be responsible. Okay, now we're going to do this again. And we're going to do this. So there are three rounds of this in the Mishnah. So somebody brings food onto my property and again, uninvited and my animal eats the food. I don't have to pay for the food. My animal slips on the food, falls and damages. You're going to have to pay because I didn't invite you onto my property and I invite you to bring food onto my property. However, once I invite you onto my property, I've accepted liability. Okay, good. Um, let's do this one more time. So let's say somebody brings an animal onto my property, but I didn't invite him. So And now one of my animals, my, I'm the property owner, goes ahead and bites his animal. I don't have to pay for that. I never invite him onto my property. I never invite his animal onto my property. What are you doing on my property? My dog, bit you good. Sorry, <laughs> making this a little dramatic, okay. But in other words, but you you weren't invited to my property, so nagah who shor So the um, so the uh, so um, so now now he the trespasser goes ahead and inflicts damage onto my animals. He's going to be high because again he's uninvited. Okay. The um, okay nafal leboro vihivish meimav. So the um so let's say he falls into my pit uh and and uh, the um and and, and he dries and he dries out my water so in other words either dries out my water not not a good translation sorry nice. he he ruins my water okay fine so then so then so then he's going to be Chayev because again he was uninvited hayav Aviv obeno uh lesocho misham now, Rachmanis, if let's say somebody was in the pit and the animal falls in and kills, so now he's going to have to pay kofar. Okay. the But once I invite him onto my property, so So now, inviting him onto my property, now I accept all liability. And so, therefore, any damage that occurs to, to his animal after I invite him onto my property, I'm going to be liable. Okay. Rabbi Omer, Ashikaba, Rebbe's of the position that. When I invite somebody onto my property, that's insufficient in order to accept liability. How do I accept liability, according to Rebbe? I have to say I accept liability. In other words, effectively, according to Rebbe, just because I invited somebody onto my property does not, does, does not make me the responsible party. I only become the responsible party when I actually say I'm going to be the responsible party, according to Rebbe. So it's, it's – I'm just making you – know, I'm, I'm, I'm making a little bit light over here according to Rebbe. So when I invite somebody into my house, so uh, Lafie Rebbe, the, I, uh, there's a, there has to be some sort of either verbal or, or written contract. Yes, you can, come, you can come onto my property and I accept full liability for any damage that occurs to you. Then and only then do I become liable. Okay. The, so the opposite of it this Shumper. way, right? Right. <laughs> Correct. No, <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Shomer meaning, Shum- meaning? meaning that any Nezik that occurs, I'm going to be responsible. Opposite. Okay. He's, saying, he's not saying at your own risk. He's saying I'm taking the risk. Yes, yes. It's to to the no, to Rebbe. Rebbe saying that the homeowner is not liable until Yeah, 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 yeah. Depletty, says I'm going to accept it Definitely, right? Correct, correct. Okay. Time the So, uh, the Gemara does its classic analysis of the Mishnah, and that is authorship of the Mishnah. Go to the first case of the Mishnah, so the Mishnah says, "Slo right in other words without without permission, which means then that in the beginning of the Mishnah, what do I need in order to accept responsibility? I need a basically a sign off on the owner that I accept uh, I accept liability, meaning who 's the author of the first part of the Mishnah Rebihi Damar. The default is, is that the owner does not accept responsibility until he actually says it. But keep going on in the Mishnah. But then when you say, when you read on in the Mishnah, the next part of the Mishnah says, come, you have my permission to come on. I didn't make a specific... Statement that said, that, and I accept responsibility, meaning that section of the mission is like the Chachamim. And then go to the end of the Mishnah of Esau, Achi Lishmor. So, Rabbi Mitziasa, Rabbanan. So now the Gemara says, so the Mishnah is choppy. The first part of the mission is going like Rebbe, the middle part of the mission is going like the Chachamim. The end of the mission, we go back to Rebbe. So the Gemara says, I'm a Rabbi Tavra. So Rabbi Zera says, yep, yep, break up the Mishnah. Mishnah So what the Mishnah is, is a composite. In other words, you're right. It, it is choppy. The Mishnah, the first part of the Mishnah is going like Rabbi. The middle part of the Mishnah is going like the Chachamim. The last part of the Mishnah is going like Rabbi. Okay. Rav Amar Kula, And Rebbe says, no, you don't need to do that. The entire Mishnah is going like the Chachamim. So shmiras Allah and When the Mishnah said the word rishus, what the Mishnah meant by that is, I give you permission to bring it on. In other words, rishus just simply means shmiras kideros kibal Allah So it's as if he says that I accept upon myself the shmirah of kideros, uh, the, 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 uh, anything that happens to it. So in other words, you're going to be reading the Mishnah as one consistent flow and, and not a composite of, of, of various positions. Okay, it just, uh, right, it's a classic discussion on the Gemara of how to see a Mishnah if the Mishnah, in fact, could be flowed as one position or maybe it is, in fact, a composite. Classic Machlokas Amarayim. Okay, we're going to pause over here and tomorrow we'll talk about food poisoning. <laughs> first, first topic, first, uh, topic of, uh, of order for tomorrow. Anyway, let's quickly recap. Finishing up the first of the fifth paragraph of Abba Kama, we went over the simplest position of Mamunna Muta Bach Chalkin. And really what we try to do today is wrap our head around the Mishnah, where within that opinion, how did you understand the Nizek's ability to collect half and a quarter? That's three quarters. It's a time you're only entitled to, to half. How are you collecting three quarters? We went over today Abai's approach, Ravah's approach. Okay, and that and that occupied a lot of time this morning. Then we went over the idea that, according to Rava, if I knew for certain that the fetus was inside of the mother while it damaged, I can collect from the fetus. Even if for whatever reason the mother is no longer around, I can collect full payment or full chatzinezik from the fetus. Why? Gufa he Fetus is part of the mother. Which seems to inform us regarding uba yerachimo. That is a Tosos discussion, a big Rishonim discussion. Good. That was next. Then we also discussed when I have a partnership ownership of an animal. One, one person owns the mother. Another person owns the fetus. Who's going to be owning that extra fat? Who's going to be owning that extra hide? Okay, good. That, that, that was our next discussion. Finally, we started the next mission this morning and we went over what happens when somebody comes onto my property, either uninvited, which means that I have no liability for any damages that occur. Alternatively, when he's invited, and I invite him, so in my invitation, does that now accept upon myself, does that include liability? That's the machlokish between the Chachamim and Rebbe. Chachamim say invitation includes my accepting liability, and according to Rebbe, no. The only time I accept liability is when I actually accept liability.